Fresh in Welcome back to another episode of Fresh and Buds. I'm your host, Tommy Fresh, and you are all of my buds and joined once again by a great bud. We have Kale from Dead Summer Art, you know, our, our lore aficionado, likes to join us around every set release. And we got outsiders coming out here in less than a month and uh, actually maybe about a month at this point when, when you're uh, listening to this. But how you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm I'm doing pretty good actually. Um, yeah, a lot of things have sort of happened personally uh, the past couple of months, but uh, back on track now. So I'm very keen for outsiders. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. And, and we'll catch up with you a little bit. You know, see what's going on with the the man, uh, the myth, the legend over there, and and then uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll jump into the pits because uh, I think the the folks are eager eager to kind of get your take on the pits. I know I am, and and you know this this is one of the worlds in or one of the regions in Wraith that seem to have like such a deep rich uh like a lot of stuff going on like I, I looked at I looked at every single region on the website and it felt like the pits was like the most going on right now anyway so it, it mm. should be a lot a lot of fun to talk about but before we do that I do want to give a shout out to the Patreon which you can all find in the show notes helps keep the lights on the mics hot you know, you get access to the Romping Club Discord channel. You get uh, access to a Romping Club membership card. Uh, you get uh, to hear bonus apps and then also packs that uh, I don't open on the Scab Skins roll on the Bud Rush Bellow that I do with Gary, a.k.a. Mr. Viz. And that's another thing I want to shout out, the Bud Rush Bellow that we do on Wednesday evenings, 930 Eastern Time here in the States. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. We keep it pretty loose and and and, and wild, but uh, we open some packs. We, we look at some decks, and we just talk about what's going on in 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 the world of flesh and blood, and it's a lot of fun. And at 500 subscribers on YouTube, which you know, we're trying to build up the YouTube, this this podcast is now video as well. If 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 you want to check it out, uh, when we hit 500 subscribers, I will be doing a full adult Leviah cosplay. And uh, Gary will also be the rabbit that she killed. And it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, and I, I can't wait to do it. Uh, we're, we're, we're inching a little bit closer. We're a little bit closer. I got I to gotta push it a little <clears> bit harder, <throat> I think. But we're going to get there. And uh, we're all going to get to see me uh, in purple and tentacles, which would be just so much fun. Um, and I will regret it. So, you know. But anyway. Let's get to brass tacks here, Mr. Kale. How are you doing? What what what's going on? What's new with you uh, in in your world? Uh yeah, sort of a lot of things has been happening. Um, so I'm trying to remember what we talked about last time I was on, but um, I believe we discussed that the LGS I worked at was closing down. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've had to find new work, which I did find. Um, so I've been settling into that job. Um. Although that job isn't giving me enough hours that I need, and it's just kind of like a temporary job. So just last week, I actually got a job at a media production company. Um, so I'm yet to work my first day there, but that should be really fun. Hopefully learn some new skills to use on my, on my YouTube channel. Um, 
in the absence of the LGS, we got a gaming club, which I think I talked about creating uh, last time. Uh, that is now fully made, and we've run a couple events, and we're starting to cruise along pretty nicely. So the Fab community has somewhere to play games now. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, so, that, so that's pretty good. And then obviously all the the troubles that come with trying to organize something as big as this. Um, it's not just Flesh and Blood that we support. We support Warhammer, the other card game that we won't mention. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So um, it's it's been busy, but good busy. It's, I don't know, it was very kind of easy to get down about losing my LGS that I worked at. Not only was it my job, but also the only place I could play Flesh and Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everything's sort of coming together. You know, when one door closes, another opens due to atmospheric pressure or whatever. But <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, no, I got some questions about this club. You know, I, I do remember you you mentioning wanting to start it, and it sounds awesome that you did start it, which is really cool. Um, I want to know if um or you know how does that go are these events that you run through this club through gem uh yeah so i had a lot of troubles trying to make it official whenever we run flesh and blood events so for those who don't know um lss has a system called gem which is basically their tournament software. Uh, if you want to run any event officially, you have to do it through that. That's That way they can keep sort of stats on how you're doing as a store, who's attending, yada yada. That's also how you get armory kits and whatnot with extra prizes. Uh, I tried to work something out through LSS <clears throat> and tried to pull some strings to try and gain access to the armory kits myself. Uh, they weren't having any of it. Um, I... I you know, tried all my, um, you know, all my contacts and whatnot being a content creator. I thought maybe that would help, but unfortunately not. Um, but I did work out a uh, workaround. So there is a town not too far from my town. Um, it's maybe about a 45-minute drive. Uh, it's much smaller. Uh, but there's a, there's a store there that's kind of an LGS. They don't really have space to play games, but they do sell, like, card games and board games. I managed to partner up with the owner and uh, to run our Flesh and Blood events, we're actually using his gem account. So we're essentially running the events under his store, but through the club. It's kind of a weird way that we do it, but that way he essentially gets access to the armory kits and then he passes them through to us. So we're basically just running events on his behalf because he doesn't want to have to organize events and whatnot he just wants to run the store as is which is perfectly fine and i'm like all right i'll i'll take control of all the events so you don't have to worry about it you just have to do x y and z just order in product whenever we need it you know i'll message you if we have any problems and that's how we've been doing it so yeah that's we a, should start getting access to armor kits very soon that's very cool now so you mentioned that the store does not really have the space so you you are running these events elsewhere right yeah, what, what what kind of venues are you using? Or is it the same one, or, or are you guys switching up? It's like, oh, this week we're going here, this week we're going there. Uh, so I was I ran around town over the past couple of months looking for different venues, um, and the best one that we managed to get, at least for card gaming, is just our local library. 
Um, they have like a really big meeting room with like aircon, TV projector, you know, everything you could ever need. And because we are a not-for-profit organization, uh, we are actually allowed to hire it out completely free of charge. So I managed to snag every Friday night at our local library, play card games. And I've got that booked out for the rest of the year. So yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty awesome. And, you know, I love, I'm a big library fan over here. And, you know, here in the <laughs> States, I wish people appreciated it a little bit more, you know, it's like get that library card because it, it does, it does matter because this is a little PSA. If you have a library card, it looks like you have active members and, and it's easier to get funding just so you know. Mm. Um, and then, uh, but that's really cool. So, so how many folks are playing flesh and blood at this club? So our community has always fluctuated in size just due to a lot of the members being older and more mature, having families work, etc. We have a very dedicated core that we've had for a good couple of years now. That's I'd say there's probably like four to five of us that is always at an event, Sure, but we have had events go up to, I think about 10 players before, which is pretty good considering that our town is like fairly small and the the gaming community has been sort of fractured for a long time where it's been very hard to try pull people in. Um, but yeah, so not too many people, but we've had a lot of people come and go through the gaming group. So yeah, we do have the capability of getting up there in, uh, in numbers. But uh, it's just a matter of trying to keep people playing and uh, making sure that, you know, they can find time in whatever schedules they've got going on. So, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that, that core group, the, the core four or five is always good, right? Because then you could always fire. Yeah. Fire the event yeah. and, and, and do it. And, but, <clears throat> uh, you know, it obviously always room for growth. And I get the small town thing. Yeah, I, I live in New Jersey and we, we have a lot of stores. And, you know, if, unless you're like in the really busy areas, those stores get the most folks playing. And my store, you know, is probably around the same. Like we get a good to six to eight. Uh, you know, people playing every week, which is great. Always room for growth. We'd love to see it. Now, uh, if there's anybody listening in your area and are, are interested in getting involved in this group, how could they find it? Uh, so our group is called Great Southern Tabletop Gaming. Um, it sort of focuses on the Great Southern region, which in my neck of the woods, that includes a couple towns and whatnot. Uh, we are based mostly in Albany, though. Um just Facebook, uh, Instagram. We do have a Discord server as well. Just uh, have a look around on, on Facebook. Or you can go to the LGS that's closing down. Uh, it's about to close down, actually. It closes down in about a week from now. Um, you can go to their Facebook page, Alandriel Games, and there'll be links pointing you towards us as well. Um, the owner, who was my old boss, kind enough to sort of help me out with uh, getting promotion out there and and letting people know what's going on so yeah if you if you want to get involved great southern tabletop gaming yeah 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 folks if, if you're in that area please check it out you know more more uh, bodies and seats playing games is is <clears throat> is a positive thing so now let's talk about content what's going on with content for you lately um unfortunately it's been a little bit stagnant since dynasty um, obviously just due to everything I'd been talking about, but 
I, I feel like the the wind had uh, I hadn't really got wind in my sails uh, lately, up until just recently. Um, so content had been not really worked on for a little bit, but I've been hard at work getting um, a bunch of videos out there. So I really wanted to go back and remaster my very first video, which was just an overall look at Wraith and whatnot. But when I made that video initially, that was in January of 2020. So it wow. was a couple months after Welcome to Wraith came out. So we didn't have that much information. In fact, we had pretty much no information on like the pits, metrics, Volcor, and the, the monastery. So I felt like it was time to go back and I've learned a lot content creation wise. Uh, I feel like I can really make the video better. So I went back and I had written up a, a huge script. I was going to go through and do a very deep dive on like all the regions, talk about the culture of each region and the locations and the different types of people and animals. Um, and then I realized that if I were to make it one video, it'd probably be about two hours long. Hmm. So <laughs> I decided to split it up into multiple videos, and I'm going to be trickle-feeding that out um, over the coming weeks. Um, so it'll start off with just an overall view on Wraith in general and a bit about the world, and then after that it will go through and there will be a video for each region, so one for Solana, one for Aria, etc., etc. Uh, and I'm just going to dive real deep and hard into those um and get every bit of lore i can and and put it out there so i definitely want to be the comprehensive guide to lore for flesh and blood i i see my channel as kind of like a almost like a netflix okay. type deal where you can just be like hey i want to learn about this and then you go search it on my channel and it's it's there that's kind of what i'm aiming for like a, a comprehensive library yeah and you know, I think that's pretty important to be out there, right? You know, I think a lot of folks, as they get into the game, they're going to be curious, right? And, you know, mm. we got to have something out there just on regular YouTube, not just not just Flesh and Blood, you know, uh, their website, but like, you know, someone who is taking those words on the website and in the lore book and, and kind of, you know, putting them in this frame that is 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 great for new players and 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 what new people just in, uh, interested in the game in general. So <clears throat> I'm excited for it. Now uh, I'm looking at uh, your your uh, your screen right now, and I see I see the lore book up behind you, and I also see your last spoiler the the uh, the yes. book as they say Anosa <laughs> uh, uh, Cliff. Now <clears throat> you must be excited uh, about doing a spoiler video for this release, right? Yes, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite different. Um, I'll I'll just put it out there now. It has nothing to do with Lord Sutcliffe. I know, <laughs> shocking. <laughs> um, or at least that I'm aware of. If it does, I'd be very surprised. But uh, who knows? Sutcliffe has his fingers in many pies. Um, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be very different. I'm I've been given a lot more time to make this video. Um, so as we're recording this, this is the 20th of February, um, and I think on the 17th was when I received my card, if I remember correctly, uh, an email. So that's the longest time I've been given from when I've seen the card to actually having to release the video. Uh, so I'm going to be trying some some new things video production-wise. Um, I'm hoping to, to really shake things up, because I've got a good formula going, but I'm starting to feel like maybe it's a little bit stale, so I want to 
I want to tweak it a bit, though. So. And this video, I'll, I'll also be collaborating with Paranine, another well-known law YouTuber. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very excited <clears throat> to see how this goes. So, <laughs> any hints for us this this time around? I know you gave us a hint about the the book last time. <clears throat> yeah. Um, ooh. I'm going to be doing this video from the perspective of a character that we've only seen mentioned twice. Ooh. Um, so the the character is Dr. Mortimer, um, who is someone we don't quite know who um, from the pits. Uh, there's flavor text on back alley breakline that references him. And also the new inertia token, I think. Um, so that that's a that's a that's a bit of a hint. Okay. <laughs> it's probably the most I could say, but uh it's it's an interesting card. Um you know, I'm not that competitive, so I couldn't really give a a good estimate on how good I think it is. I think it's pretty good. Okay. I don't think it will will be an automatic include, but in decks that want to use it, I reckon it'll be pretty strong. So all right, all right, nice and nice and uh, <laughs> vague. Yeah, no. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say what everyone else says, which is, oh my god, this is the craziest <laughs> card ever. You know, shout I, out to everyone on Twitter. <laughs> I have, a, I have a good guess for what you have, but I'm not gonna say it on the podcast. Um, and you can always say it afterwards. If yeah, you want. <laughs> yeah, pop it in the comments, folks. <laughs> yeah, what's your yeah. guess? Yeah, that's engagement right there. Um, yes. <laughs> um, so. You know, it sounds like contents, you know, you know, I, and I understand, right? So since Dynasty, we had the holidays and, and I mean, it's your summertime down there. So it's like, you want to be outside and stuff like that. So it's hard. It's pretty hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure it's pretty hot, but like, it's probably just hard to like get, um, you know, you know, with podcasts, I got to do it every week. Right. But like with, with like a, a big lore video, it's just, you gotta just do it when, when you have the passion for it and when you have the time. So. I'm glad that, you know, after the lull, after Dynasty, you're, you're, you're ready to get out there and, and start doing it again. And hopefully this sure. new job uh, that you mentioned, is, uh, you know, gives you those tips and tricks to help uh, improve the channel. Now, speaking of Dynasty, when we last talked, we had not seen all of Dynasty. And I think we hadn't seen really any of it outside of maybe the Emperor. And, uh, and you had seen your spoiler card. But I, I, I want to do the fresh faves from Dynasty. So that, uh, you know, you can, you can tell us what you liked from that set because we didn't get a chance to talk about it. Now, first, who was your favorite hero in Dynasty? There's not a lot of options here. <laughs> <laughs> Arachne, for sure. Because yeah. um, we did discuss uh, my theory that there was an assassin coming and we just hadn't seen it yet. And then, boom, next thing you know, the Emperor's dead. And there's an assassin and we're just losing our minds. That yeah. was amazing. They, they, they really nailed that. Um, Arachne's pretty much... There's only three heroes from the set, but Arachne's pretty much the only thing I've been tinkering with um, since Dynasty. I was just fully on board. I love the edginess. I just... Love everything about the class, the sort of controlling nature, you know, the, the whittling away at you and just poking you with different poisons and, and stuff. It's, it's really cool. So Arachne for sure is my favorite hero. I mean, it, it's a good, good pick because, well, I mean, Yoji was, was that? Yoji was Dynasty, right? 
Yoji. Yeah. And uh, he was a pretty useless defender of, of the Emperor. And, you know, uh, and the Emperor's cool. I think the Emperor is cool, but Arachne is certainly the, the coolest. So, uh, great choice. Mm. Now, what was your favorite weapon? We did have a decent amount of cool weapons uh, come out in Dynasty. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this before the show. Um, I mean, obviously, I really like Annals of Sutcliffe. I'm a bit biased because, you know, it's my card, but I just think giving such a offensive themed class, not a weapon per se, but a book, it's just really cool. Cause like you think Runeblade, you don't think of them as like a wizard casting spells necessarily. You think of them swinging a weapon plus doing magic. And then we get this book, which was just <laughs> really cool. It, it blew my mind when I first saw it. I'm like, oh my God, what are they doing? That's crazy. <laughs> Um, but I guess, oh man, I mean, I just loved all the different, like Marvel versions of the cards. Mm -hmm. That was really cool. Uh, shout out to rock. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. such a cool card. <laughs> um, I don't know how good it is in a deck. I haven't seen much gameplay per se, personally, but is it a bit air? <laughs> you have to, you have to build like, you have to completely change the way you build like Reinar or, or Leviah to play it. Uh, it, or, or even, I guess, uh, KO, but you, you, you need to find ways to be able to attack with it. And, and if, if not, you might as well play any other weapon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and also I, I quite like Quicksilver daggers. I think not only do they look really cool, but that's quite a unique sort of style of card where you can kind of bounce, go again off of other things to give, go again to the daggers and whatnot. So yeah, I'd probably say... If I really had to pick one, I'd have to pick the boring answer, which is Annals of Sutcliffe. But outside of that, I don't know, maybe Rock. Rock is pretty cool. Rock is so. cool. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I can't blame you for, for taking the Annals of Sutcliffe. Uh, but Rock is one of those cards that I think it's going to, well, it's kind of funny, like Pet Rock. It's going to be everybody's pet weapon for a very long time. Yeah, like anytime sure. new Brute stuff comes out, it's like, does it work with Rock? Uh, <laughs> but we will see. Now, which was your favorite equipment from the set? Favorite equipment. <clears throat> so I really like the assassin equipment, um, specifically Black Tech Whisperers. Um, I still haven't got my hands on a copy just due to financial situation and the fact that it's kind of expensive. Um, but I've been making do without it. I would actually say, and this will probably surprise a lot of people because I don't think anyone's using it. Celestial Kimono. Okay. Which is the illusionist uh, chess piece. Um, I've been floating around this idea because I feel like LSS has been kind of slowly pushing an archetype of illusionist towards us, which is break everything illusionist, where you kind of want your things to be destroyed. Uh, especially in Dynasty. I mean, so many of the illusionist cards have ward, mm. um, which means if you take damage, you prevent however much of it and destroy it. So I think there's really like this archetype that they're trying to push. So I was kind of tinkering around. I haven't played uh, with it yet, but I've been tinkering around with this deck list idea of playing illusionist and just really trying to like prevent damage, but also at the same time, you know, have have all these ward effects going on. And I don't know. That's quite it's quite interesting. Plus, it's a beautiful card. Um, yeah. Especially the artwork. It, it looks so cool. Um, I'd love to see someone like try and make that for like a cosplay or something that'd be so awesome 
That would yeah. be really sweet. Now, I I, I think, <clears throat> I mean, it's it's more so confirmed that we're going to get the new Light Illusionist, whether it's another version of Prism or a different Light Illusionist in general in the next supplemental set, maybe. Mm. So, you know, maybe maybe that that hero is going to care about all this stuff. And, and all of a sudden, mm. like, your Marvel uh, kimono <clears throat> is like to the moon. So, who knows? <laughs> um, that's a great answer. That, that card is very cool. Um, what is what was your favorite non equipment non weapon card? You know your attack actions, non attack actions, instance from the set. Mm. That that one's probably the hardest. Um, I really do like a lot of the assassin cards. Obviously, most of the majestics, like all the majestic attacks, like um, surgical extraction, eradicate, um, leave no witnesses. They're really cool. Um, but I also really like. Nitro Mechanoid, I think it was called mm -hmm. the construct that you can sort of like assemble Voltron and yeah, yeah, and you have to you have to really build around it. It's like a go big or go home, which is a hundred percent mech. Um, and also um, Soraya, the ally for Illusionist, is very cool. Um, the fact that we we have like one of these heralds that we've seen on attack cards, you can now actually sort of fully bring out onto the field uh is really cool plus it looks stunning it's it's amazing it really that's does. that's one thing that will get me to like a card is if the artwork is amazing <laughs> and it looks good in foil so <laughs> yeah yeah well you know i, I get it i you know the artwork actually i mean i feel like i say this for every set but the artwork in, in dynasty you know at least from my memory is was pretty incredible you know you run into the issue of art in in things like well i we I just drafted Monarch at, at an armory and all the heralds, you know, at a glance kind of look the same, you know, mm. a lot like the Phi attacks in Uprising. You're just like, yeah, for it, sure. Like when you're, when you're, at least when you're drafting, you got to be like, all right, I'm like, oh, I got to look at that again. Is, was that the yeah, right, what's this <laughs> was that the, the right three go again for one or zero? But, you know, um, so, but the, the nice thing in supplemental says we kind of get this nice blend of, of kind of aesthetic. Uh, you know, I, mm. I mean, as a brute player, I'm thinking. Uh, I think Savage Beatdown is, is is such a beautiful card. Um, just just the colors in it, and it would be something I would love as a playmat. And then Skullcrack is just like, you know, I'm looking at looking at that. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, it's so brutal. <laughs> I mean, I love Diazzi's, uh <laughs> video <laughs> spoiler for that. That was that was pretty incredible. But um, uh, I digress. Let's get to the pits, my friend. Are you ready to talk yes. about the pits? As ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> yeah. So first, can you tell us what the pits are, right? You know, I, I think most people know that they're kind of near metrics, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm not an American, but I'd probably equate it to Detroit. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> um, nah, just joking. Um, so basically, it is a series of underground tunnels that form almost a network that have formed underneath metrics. So metrics, a lot of their industry involves mining. And when you mine, obviously once you're done with a mine, well, you still have a mine. Uh, so a lot of it has been abandoned and then taken over by criminals, uh, just not really nice people that needed somewhere to hide. Um, and it's become sort of a, a thriving underground black market uh, type area where 
Uh, if, if you're a criminal, it will be a very good place and a very bad place at the same time for you to be. You'll, you'll be able to hide out, but at the same time, everyone else is just like you and will stab you at a moment's notice. So um, that, that's the overall sort of vibe of, of the pits. Criminal underworld. Uh, describe it in two words. Yeah, and it kind of initially reminded me, uh, not exactly of Detroit, but like uh, <laughs> of uh, if you, if you ever watched Futurama, there was always the the old New York that was underground where all the mutants lived. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's very much what the pits is to me, which is kind of fun because like you got to see all the you know you get like you know up up on the surface at Metrics or whatever, everything's you know peachy keen, you know Dash is doing her thing or whatever, and then you get down, mm-hmm. you get to see the real interesting folks, you know, which is a lot of fun. Now. There's, uh, you know, I kind of went through the the Flesh and Blood website, the the pit section. I figured it would be nice to kind of just go through what they're talking about here, right? So first of all, they mentioned <clears throat> the mall. Now this is the the entrance to the pits uh, slash the metrics from the pits. Yeah. So from what I understand, it's basically, um, I guess they call it the mall because, like many mines that you might see nowadays, it's kind of like a a very subtle sort of gradient where there's almost like steps. So as you were to go down and say like a vehicle in a, a real mine, it sort of slowly spirals down. Um, so there's a few sort of entrances to the pits, uh, but the moor is basically kind of like the, the main one. So if you want to get in and out, that's that's definitely the way to go about it. So oftentimes they'll use like um, old mining elevators to get down, um, but I'm sure there's plenty of other tunnels where you can probably walk it. So. Not that it would be very pleasant, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it, they really paint a picture with, with this mall. It seems to be some kind of like like the the moment you walk, or the moment Dorothy sees uh, like color for the first time in, in Wizard yeah. of Oz, right? It's like stark differences, right? You, you enter the mall and it's just totally different. Now, you know, they also mentions like, well, what's going on down in the pits? There's a lot of different kinds of vocations, I guess you would call them, uh, jobs yeah. <laughs> or, or just different uh, flavors of cr- criminality. Uh, the first one they talk about is smugglers. And, you know, what are they smuggling in the pits? Uh... Well, the main thing that I guess real life smugglers do is drugs, mm-hmm. um, illegal goods, things that people have stolen from metrics. Um, it's just if you need something or someone moved without other people looking at you, uh, that's what the smugglers will do. So um, I'm pretty certain that they could easily smuggle um, almost like human traffic people mm-hmm. as well. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of that going on just because it's not a nice place. Um, but I think we actually do catch a glimpse of some smugglers in the card uh, called Cadaverous Contraband, yeah. which was from Arcane Rising. Um, I think that actually depicts uh, some smugglers. So there is kind of like a uh, like a water system that goes through the pits. So you'll see that a lot of people will be using boats uh, to sort of move about a lot of the tunnels. So yeah, that's that's pretty much what a smuggler does. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, not too much different from real life, really. So, well, it's kind of interesting. So these <clears throat> smugglers kind of exist beneath metrics. So metrics is has always been an interesting uh, kind of region of wraith to me because it's high tech, right? This is like yeah, it's sure. it is the high tech region. Everything else is you know very 
fantasy medieval, you know, and beneath the pits, of course, because they're beneath <clears throat> this like kind of uh, utopia of, of, of like technology, they're smuggling stuff down there. I imagine, you know, because I'm sure these other regions of Wraith are like, well, we, we want in on some of this, <laughs> you know? Hmm. So, yeah, certainly. And, and then they mentioned mercenaries. Now we all know what a mercenary is, but, um, it doesn't seem like it, it would be, I guess, unique to the pits. Cause I'm sure there's mercenaries in every region of Wraith, but you know, hmm. why, why do you think, um, they, they, they have a mention here of the blackjacks mercenary corporation. So it, it's an organized mercenary corporation. What's your take on that? Yes. Um, yeah, so a lot of the mercenaries, if you want a job in the pits, you go to Blackjack's Tavern, and you go to the, uh, I forgot what it's called, it's, it's some sort of notice board, um, but you can also receive these contract cards, which will specifically tell you what your job is, if you're meant to steal something, if you're meant to kill someone, you pick up one of these cards. Cool thing about these cards, uh, if you take a card, and then you're killed, Whoever kills you can take your card and do your job for you. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> it's not like a set in stone contract. They don't care who does the job as long as it gets done. Um, so yeah, there will be people that will um, be more than willing to steal your contract cards. <laughs> um, so we see a lot of these contract cards on like uh, three of a kind, the Ranger card. Um, so they're very stylized to look like playing cards, which I think is really cool. Uh, and I'm glad that they're kind of taking that theme and using them for the marvels for outsiders. Um, but yeah, I mean, like any other place, there are mercenaries that aren't sort of within a corporate sort of organization. Uh, but yeah, Blackjacks is definitely the way that you, you want to do it. So that's where you'll meet all the big players at Blackjacks. It's interesting, you know, there's, there's contracts, um, uh, for these mercenaries. Um, but we also have assassins and like Arachne, um, is, um, uh, an assassin in dynasty has the, the keyword contract. What, what would you say is the stark difference between an assassin and a mercenary here? I guess just the way that they go about actually performing their tasks. And, and more probably more specifically, what type of contracts they'll take. Um, so I doubt you would have an assassin take too many jobs that would involve protecting a gang member or something that wants protection. They're almost always in it for the kill. Maybe for the odd burglary, I can imagine. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so like... I don't know, there's... One thing that really took me off guard when we started seeing a lot of stuff for Outsiders was this is the first set in a while where we actually haven't got a talent, which is quite surprising because LSS likes to do this thing where they will kind of set like a standard of what they're doing, and then after a couple sets, they will completely break it and, <laughs> and, and do something else. <clears throat> so, you know, with Monarch, that's when we first got talents. We got Shadow and Light. Then we got Aria, so we got Elemental from Aria. Then we got um, Uprising, so we got Draconic. And then we go to the pits, so it's like, okay, well, naturally, we're going to get a talent. But we didn't get one, which is very strange, because I'm sure that the pits has some sort of talent. I feel like every region in Wraith has a talent. But we don't know what this one is, so I was always trying to think about what it could be. Is Mercenary the talent? 
then I thought, no, it can't be because the assassin class has access to contracts and contracts is an, a mercenary thing. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's very strange what they're doing. But I'm sure they've got a, a reason behind it, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out what exactly it is. Um, so. I've seen some kind of rumors, not rumors, or just like kind of theories <laughs> about what the talent is. So first, we got the stealth uh like rules text which is like stealth is nothing right it's just <laughs> things care about stealth so yeah. you know there there's a lot of uh kind of like well maybe that's kind of the talent right stealth is the talent but it's not printed on the card but like you know they're not really going to be able to be they're not going to be necessarily playable in in heroes that don't care about stealth so um, hmm. there's that. And then, then obviously adding the hybrid cards, which can be played by multiple classes, um, yes. is, is, is in a way somewhat of a talent, uh, more, more something just unique to the pits so far. I'm sure it hmm. will not be the last time we see it depending on how the limited format goes. But, um, yeah, that, that would be my take initially. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's 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 very it's very strange. I had all these ideas for what it could be. I'm like, is it criminal? But the pits is is a very it's a cultural mixing pot in mm. a way. Um, just because there's people from all over Wraith that will come to do business specifically in the pits, just because it's lawless, they can get away with doing shady things. They can hire certain people like assassins to do their dirty work. Um, so yeah, trying to find something that is uniquely pits to turn into a talent. Honestly, out of all the regions in Wraith that I've tried to speculate a talent for, the pits has always been the hardest one for me. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had I had hoped like poison or something like that or some kind of mm -hmm. you know um, plague like ta uh, talent, which would have been neat. But you know, hey, uh, you know, gonna trust the process here with LSS and and hope that this makes sense. And, and sure, it's also servicing underrepresented, non-talented heroes or classes. So, you yeah, know, for sure. so there's that as well. So we'll see, you know, we'll reserve our judgment. And then hopefully we see some kind of talent in the pits next time we visit it. Now, yeah, uh, we did have a Christmas article um, in December, obviously, uh, about a alchemist. And um, it seems to be. Uh, a lot of potions and um, some crazy stuff going on with alchemy happening in the pits. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so honestly, when we saw the um, shitty Xmas present playmat, and we saw, we know her name now, Lena Bell, who is confirmed to be an alchemist, whether or not we'll get her as a hero is another thing. Um, I honestly thought we are going to see alchemists in the pit, but apparently not. But um, yeah, as you said, potions tinctures, concoctions, um, anything that they can sort of brew up is the alchemist's cup of tea. Um, they also seem to be kind of related in a way to a lot of the diseases and chemical runoff um, that you'll find in the pits. So things like uh, blood rot pox, frailty, um, inertia, all those diseases, um, they do seem to have a, an affinity for. Um, at least some of the sort of alchemist type characters that you'll see uh, in the pits. So I would really love to see an alchemist, but obviously we're not going to see it just yet. We might see it in the next set. I don't know if they're going to do like a supplemental set, kind of still based in 
in the pits. I think they're doing two standalone sets and then a supplemental set now, so we'll probably end up going to metrics next. But yeah, Alchemists. Really cool. Um, yeah, all about brewing up stuff. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> my bet is probably PvE, right? Alchemist kind of makes sense for that. Kind of, uh, mm. you know giving people potions and you know all this different stuff and it also kind of feels like the alchemist is also a little bit because they even even in the article uh it says apothecary which is a drugstore uh pharmacy it's like almost like a little bit of a drug dealer uh maybe in in the pits but you know hey listen uh, no judgment here uh now <laughs> there's quite a bit of gangs in the pits which is kind of cool right uh i would love for when we visit the pits again that we kind of get like a gangs of new york gangs of the pit kind of kind of uh mm. thing kind of going on so some of the gangs here are the freak shows the torched uh the numb skulls the jawbreakers and the blockheads and also i want to say i thought that the blockheads was going to be a brute uh in this set um <laughs> <laughs> what's going on with these with these gangs are they kind of like having a territory war over the pits here yeah, they're definitely territorial. Um, sometimes, like, they'll kind of... They'll oftentimes do their own thing, but if other people get in their way, they'll start getting involved. Um, they are also present to an extent in Metrics itself. Uh, in Dash's backstory, uh, there is sort of a run-in that her and Ricky have um, with some gangers. So... <sighs> Metrics in the pits are almost one and the same in my opinion that the pits is almost just like a a district of metrics i find so a lot of the stuff you'll find in the pits is same as what you'll find in metrics just a lot more prevalent if it's in metrics you'll find that it'll be a lot more underground uh, a lot of corporations and whatnot will do shady things sort of in the shadows but in the pits it's a lot more out in the open um We've seen we've seen images to an extent of some of the gang members and what they can look like. Um, we saw some examples of that in the law book, which I got behind me. Um, Demolition crew, we see some gangers in the artwork for that, and then obviously in some of the key art for outsiders, uh, the card wreck havoc. I'm pretty certain that's probably depicting maybe a member from Torched, just because they love blowing things up, yeah. um, and that definitely seems like that character's vibe. So, um, yeah. There's there's a lot more gangs than what is listed on the website. Um, there was a gang. I'm not sure if it's listed here. I don't think so. But there was a gang that had um, mechanical arms in uh, Azalea's backstory. Oh. Um, so yeah, there's 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 a lot more uh, to the gangs than what we sort of know from a first glance. But they're definitely out and about trying to do their thing. But like any gang, they don't have an extraordinary amount of power mm -hmm. um but yeah they're definitely weird and wacky down <laughs> uh, yeah now here's a question about these gangs do you <clears throat> think that the the gangs would be limited to a class or do you think any class could be in a gang it, it doesn't matter like let's say you know, torched was a like a, a gang that's featured in the next time we see the pits um does it have to be some kind of pyromancer or or a wizard, or can it be? Can we get a, a a brute torch that like loves fire? 
Is, is, is that something that would make sense? Or, or do you think that a lot of these are kind of like, uh, kind of, you know, only a certain kind of class can be in the, the gang? I think any class could probably be in the gang. There's probably some that less so, like illusionist and, and wizard, maybe. Mm-hmm. But pretty much any of the, the martial classes you could easily make a case for. I mean, we've already got a ranger in the pits, so could be a ranger in there. Brutes make perfect sense for, like, the blockheads. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess ninjas. And, and the numbskulls. <laughs> and sure the numbskulls. They, I'm sure they love <laughs> to play around with that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, now that you mention it, maybe the talent for the pits could be ganger. So you could have a ganger warrior or a... Like a, a ganger guardian, maybe, or, or something along those lines. And and it can almost be sort of like a almost like a pseudo element sort of uh mechanic that they could do where certain cards can only be used by certain like gangers that have an affinity for certain gangs. Mm. Yeah. I, I I definitely think just due to the nature as as I said before, of the pits being a cultural mixing pot, you could I could easily see any class sort of being in a gang for sure. Yeah. Now we, we talked about blackjack's tavern. Um, but we didn't mention green bird. Now green bird is the, the mysterious head of, uh, the, the tavern. Uh, what do you, what do you know about green bird? It's like, it's like, this is kind of like a, a big mention of, of a big character that we haven't really seen yet. Yeah. Um, I think they are hiding a lot than what they're showing us that Greenberg can do. Um, for those of you who don't know, if you look in the lore book, there actually is an image of Greenbird, um, and they are actually a male who seems to be dressed in some sort of like drag queen esque clothing. So they'll wear like a dress and like a big voluptuous wig and you know stockings and the whole deal. Um, that they have almost like a a strange level of respect from a lot of the people in the pits. Now, if you're in the pits, you know, it's, it's almost like prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is still a hierarchy of respect in the prison. So there'll be some individuals in a real life prison that people are like, oh, don't mess with this person. Otherwise, everyone's going to gang up on you for, for picking on them. I feel like that's kind of what Greenbird has going on. Um, not that Greenbird is immune to that. In Azalea's backstory, Greenbird does kind of get into a confrontation with these mechanical arm uh, gangers. Um, But yeah, I don't know. They're just such an interesting person because they seem really nice in a way, yet still stern, almost like your typical bartender because that's kind of what they are. Mm. Um, But at the same time, they have this level of respect from some of the most violent and depraved individuals on Wraith. So it's like, you know, it's, it's almost like a, I don't know. It's just like, a prison where everyone's just like, oh, we love Betty, the the old security guard. We'll never pick on her. And if anyone picks on her, we'll kill you. Uh, yeah. you, know? you know, it's like, why are these prisoners sort of defending someone that is not like them? But yeah, I don't know. They're, they're very interesting. I quite like Greenbird. In fact, for a uh, custom card competition that I did for um, Kitchen Table TCG a while back, like a year or so ago, he had a competition. I made a mentor card. Uh, for Ranger, which was Greenbird. Oh. Um, so I had like a, a whole mechanic thing that I had come up with if Ranger got a mentor, um, because obviously mentors take up your arsenal slot and Rangers need that. So I tried to 
you know, do a mechanic around that. So yeah, I, I quite like Greenbird. They're they're a very interesting person. We are getting uh some blitz decks. I think an Azalea one, so maybe that could happen, yes. right? I don't, I don't know. There's there's no confirmation. We there, haven't had but... mentors in a while. Yeah. So the last time we did was the uh, classic battles, and then before that it was monarch. So. Oh yeah. That that's an area I really want them to to dive into more as mentors. Yeah, really they're very like cool cards. mechanically. Now we so there's mention of the spider, which is kind of the assassin kind of network, and we kind of already got some hints towards that with with uh, arachne um you know kind of the huntsman spider and and all that obviously kind of ties <clears> into <throat> that um uh which was just kind of which i love the name the spider because well it implies a big web um and uh, mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. to trap all your victims in um <clears throat> is there anything more to the spider that that we can expect or you know we kind of um are going to see most of that with azuri and arachne I think we'll get most of that in Outsiders. I mean, really, the most that we know at the moment is just that they're an organization of some sort of secrecy with assassins and lots of diplomacy that they're doing. Um, yeah, we, we really don't know much. Uh, we just know that they seem to be spread across all of Wraith, um, much like the Gemini from Solana, which is kind of like their secret special ops. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's hard to know what their overall agenda is. Because at the moment, it just seems like money. Mm -hmm. But then again, one of their members just killed the Emperor. So, <laughs> <clears throat> you know, they, they, there's going to be something else going on. I, I don't know. Maybe they're just a tool that people can hire to, to sort of do their bidding. But I feel like there's a lot more depth to the spider than just being a, a tool. They have to have some sort of extra goal. I mean, you can't really just make an organ organization like this and put in all this effort to make it secret just to earn money, right? Like, yeah, got to be more to it. So, I, I'm very, I'm very curious what we'll what we'll find out. I wonder if we'll get the moment like in the Dark Knight <clears throat> when the Joker's like, "It's not about the money," and then he just burns it all <laughs> up. And, uh, you know, uh, that that would be pretty sweet. Now. Um, we, have a, we have two more things here that uh, kind of seem to be major <laughs> highlights of the pit. So we got La Apocalypta. I'm assuming I'm, mm. I'm pronouncing that right. It seems to be a cult kind of, uh, well, I mean, as, as the name implies, apocalyptic cult. They're kind of um, waiting for the end times um, that are coming sooner rather than later to them. What do you make of uh, La Apocalypta here? I think they are probably the most important thing in the pits through the overall story of Wraith, I think. Uh, I mean, each region sort of has its own thing, like the dynasty in Volcor was a big thing, uh, the armies of the Monastery in the Portal, armies of Solana, like the Ancients from Arya. They, they're all these, like, specific things each region kind of has going for it that is making a big splash in the overall story arc of flesh and blood i think la apocalypta and probably the spider of course um are the biggest things to note we don't know much i think the people that you see in demolition crew might be la apocalypta just because they are attributed um in the flavor text for that card and also in the law book in the concept sketches i believe the characters 
that card are also tagged with uh, La Apocalypta. So, yeah, we don't know much, but I, I don't know. They're very interesting. I, I really can't wait to see what they do, um, especially because, not to jump ahead too far, but I did see a viewer question mm-hmm. that touched on them. So I, I'll, I'll sort of extrapolate more once we get to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it's going to be interesting, I, I think, <sighs> and we'll get to that with the, the, the listener question. But it seems like this might be the key to the overarching story of what we've been seeing from the pits mm-hmm. it seems like each each uh each set has kind of had that key and uh, eventually we'll have all the keys in, and then you know some big thing will happen but uh yeah. very very exciting <clears throat> now the last thing here is the dregs so there the pits under not understandably but like not surprisingly have <laughs> say a issue with uh with pollution and just like toxic sludge and making the environment like barely um, livable. And, and as a result, there are essentially mutants, almost like Futurama, Um, you know, just, just people that are just kind of like totally gross. Now this leads me to our heroes from the set. This brings me to, well, I think a lot of people's most anticipated hero and it is Riptide. Uh, mm. the uh, the grossest looking thing ever, and he's beautiful for it. And I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want anybody telling me otherwise. Clearly, in the adult art, has kind of you know transformed from his young art into something gross and and you know, like basically breathing toxic like uh, sludge or whatever. So, <clears throat> what do you think is the deal with? riptide seems to now if if i may say we we did get a spoiler let me bring it up here so i can read it we got a spoiler uh, uh when it was they were talking about traps and how they were changing we don't have to get into the mechanics of it but um we have a spoiler called collapsing trap it is the legendary riptide specialization um you know it depicts this big old bridge getting blown <clears throat> up it's a trap defense or three cost zero it's a blue and when this defense attack would go again, the attacking hero discards their hand, then draws that many cards, uh, minus one. So it doesn't matter what the card does. We're looking at the imagery of this card. Big, big, like he is clearly kind of some agent of chaos here. Uh, <laughs> am I, am, am I, you know, wrong for saying that? Um, yeah, definitely to an extent, I'd say, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if you're trying to hint towards maybe a, a theory you have that he's part of the cult, La Apocalypta, um, to an extent. But, um, yeah, because, like, the only other times we've ever gotten legendary specialization cards was for massive story beats. Regicide, which was a massive story beat. Doomsday and Eclipse were also pretty massive story beats because that was the Embra sort of... Um, appearing mm-hmm. and um us finding out about them for the first time so we i don't also, think it's a coincidence that we, this card is legendary we also got soul harvest and whatever uh the chain one was they got two yes soul reaping no yes. soul reaping soul harvest yeah yeah <laughs> I, I think they're kind of related to eclipse and doomsday in a way but for sure yeah, yeah. yeah. um but yeah continue so yeah we, we got this riptide legendary <laughs> specialization certainly 
just the art. The art is beautiful, but like just craziness. So I, I might be hinting towards that. Maybe he's part of the <laughs> cult. You know, I, I can't help it. But do you think that that's what what's going on? Because what, we're going to get to Azuri in a bit, but um, mm. uh, it's certainly hanging out with Azuri, but we don't know what Azuri's part in the story is. Um what is the what? Yeah. What do you? What is your take on Riptide? Because he at its surface is just a gross looking, you know, sea based, uh, kind of ranger. Hmm. Yeah. So we do know that to some extent, uh, Riptide is a part of Uzuri's crew. So um, there's that that we have to find it, but. It's it's hard to say because I know in the young artwork I believe it depicts him as some sort of like fisherman, so almost like he he does some sort of fishing activity at least in the past in the pits, which I'm sure is great for your health. Lots of heavy metals in the water <laughs> <laughs> and whatnot. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I dregs are very interesting because I know initially a lot of people thought dregs and the old ones were the same thing, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it, it's hard to say because I know for certain I'll be getting more lore about this for my spoiler video um, regarding specifically the diseases. Here's another hint. My video is going to be regarding diseases that you can find in the pits. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely be getting more lore about that. But I don't know. It, it's 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 quite interesting to see someone go from being a normal human to... What should be a zombie, but still seems fairly sentient and incapable of intelligent thought. Um, I mean, especially if Uzuri has has sort of brought him into her into a midst. Like he has to have some sort of intelligence to him. I don't think you could probably bring a zombie into your midst and and hope that he'll do the work <laughs> you want him to. <laughs> so, um, yeah, because dregs are described oftentimes as being um, barely alive. Uh, for the most part yeah it, it, we'll have to wait and see exactly what his story is but um yeah i can't imagine his health is in the best condition but maybe it's for the best maybe it's made him more tanky and resilient against certain things although his health on his hero card probably says otherwise because he has less health than uh, yeah. Azalea, but, <laughs> I'm, but yeah so yeah i'm hoping <laughs> that that's not just flavor and that that he also uh wants uh, or, or has like something that makes him stronger because he just very mm. cool uh just aesthetically uh you know he, he, big hulking guy it looks like a brute whatever you know it's not a brute but you know he does have a bow now I think the the big question on everybody's mind when it comes to Riptide is in his adult art, he has a human like hooked like on an anchor. Um, But he also has a bow. We saw the the token bow that's going to be for limited. Are we going to get majestic weapons again in a draft set? Do you think? Um, I I would hope so. I think it would make sense that we got, at least for this set, because we've got three classes but six heroes. Mm-hmm. So if you do, in a draft, pull one of these majestic weapons, you're not stuck with one hero. You can choose the hero of that class. Um, I would hope so, because, I mean, Riptide's holding this huge anchor, yeah. <laughs> um, which, which looks like a weapon, and he also has sort of like a, a harpoon that I'm seeing as well. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I, I, I would really like to. I, I quite like majestic 
tier equipment and weapons just because they can really push sort of like an interesting design space on the abilities. Um, but yeah, I, I, I couldn't say for certain if it's good or not for draft. Um, I'm not really that knowledgeable, I guess, mm. on the balance of the game, but hey, I want them. So yeah, especially yeah. Marvel versions of them. Could you imagine Marvel oh, in, uh, yeah. in the current style with like the cards? The contract cards that'd be really cool so oh man a marvel anchor or harpoon whatever whatever he gets i think a melee ranger oh we yeah. we i think we so desperately need a ranger that doesn't use a bow and and this this could be our chance kale <laughs> i mean uh i think what's the card called death pox death touch whatever that card was called it was a promo that got spoiled that was an assassin ranger oh, hybrid yeah. mm -hmm. uh and it's not an arrow so you know a physical ranger attack card like <laughs> what what is going on yeah, yeah i that card's very cool and you know obviously shows more of that plague kind of uh things wearing the old school plague mask which is very neat now uh azuri <laughs> is is here now in and i think a lot of people have talked about it but uh in the young art for azuri we have the mysteria border and then in the old art we have the pits border uh, certainly, and you mentioned this earlier, and I wonder if that's what you were hinting at, but uh, you mentioned human trafficking. Uh, do mm. you think that Azuri came to the pits against her will, or do you think that she was escaping something in Mysteria? Hmm. Now that you say that, I'm actually going to go back and just read this little, little blurb, which I think is pretty important. <laughs> so for the outsider's reveal... They write, however, not all things start out as they become. The past always seems to have a way of infiltrating our present. A duo of wandering Mysterian ninjas threatened to trigger memories of Uzuri's origin, a time and place where she didn't fit in, where she felt like an outsider. So the fact that they specifically mentioned the word trigger mm -hmm. does kind of imply that maybe some sort of trafficking happened. She became amnesiac, almost like um, Icelander to an extent. Um, I could definitely see that angle working where she was maybe stolen away for some reason because her prowess as a ninja in uh, Mysteria or just assassin-like techniques was very important and people probably snatched her away and took her to become... Essentially, I, I think she is kind of the leader. No, she's not the leader of the spider says here she is a spider operative assassin and ringleader of a band of misfits. Mm. Um, that includes Arachne and Riptide. So it doesn't seem like she's the leader. So she does seem kind of higher ranking though. Um, but I definitely think her story is going to be one of the main sort of story beats for Outsiders. For sure. they've, they've just hinted at it a lot. I mean, the whole reason why we have Katsu and Benji in the set from a law perspective is because they're kind of coming to her for some reason. So that's, that's also something that's quite curious for me because we've never really, we don't have any story pieces that have connected Atsu and Benji to anyone really outside of Mysteria. It's all kind of been within Mysteria. Um, so yeah, I'm very, I'm very, very keen to see where that goes. I think it'll be pretty important. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's kind of interesting. And you mentioned kind of the ringleader of the misfits, which is obviously Riptide and Arachne. And they're the outsiders. Mm. Maybe it's like, you know, they they don't necessarily fit in, in the pits, even though they look like they do for sure. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, they don't exactly 
maybe I mean, they are still heroes, right? So they're not. I don't think they're. That doesn't necessarily make them villains. They might be anti-heroes because they're a little bit, you know, um, you know yeah. they're, they, they're 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 brigands and and, and stuff like that. So uh, we we do see a new version of Arachne, um, who's mm. I don't know, just like like <laughs> solitary confinement, just looks so gross. Wearing a different mask. Obviously, it's a young version of Arachne, so it's going to do something different. has different life totals. Um, and uh, we we see him just being extra gross, and we see this also a growth on on uh, the, the shoulder. And I, sh- I keep saying yes. uh, he, it's, a, it's, it's they. We don't know uh, what Arachne's uh, gender is, but mm. um, uh, what's, what's going on with this like new gross, grosser version of Arachne? <clears throat> yeah, uh, Arachne's been put into timeout. Um, <laughs> I have a feeling that Uzuri doesn't like the fact that Arachne um, killed the Emperor. But at the same time, before the show, I was going back and reading through Arachne's uh, story of when uh, they killed the Emperor. They are specifically tasked, it seems, to do this by a boss of some sort. So whether or not that was Uzuri or someone else... I'm not sure. Um, I can't think of any other reason why Arachne would be in solitary solitary confinement other than doing something wrong. Um, Because throughout Arachne's sort of journey into uh, the palace in Volcor to kill the Emperor, it seems like they take a bit too much joy and pleasure in doing some of the the violent acts that they do. Mm-hmm. But they are also told to specifically not kill certain people, um, you know, leave certain people alive. Um, so maybe that's just kind of gotten out of hand and they've gotten a bit too giddy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a bit too bloodlusty. Um, but yeah, um, one other thing I want to quickly rant about, because this has been on my mind for a while. I think they kind of failed flavor-wise with the naming conventions of adult and young heroes. Because adult and young heroes is tied to, like, those words are tied to age. Mm-hmm. But then we see Arachne in the in sort of the present, where there's a past version of themselves that was an adult, but now they're a young hero. And I could definitely see that as, like, them depicting, oh, uh, a decrease in power because, you know, Arachne's in solitary confinement, mm-hmm. seems to have some sort of blood rot pox disease going on, so probably weaker than they were before, but it, it doesn't seem to make sense if it's used in terms of age because there's no way that Arachne would be younger now than they were in Arachne Huntsman on that card. I think they should have named it uh, Novice and Veteran. Mm, mm. or something along those lines because that isn't tied to age but can still be you know tied to to power level i mean you look at Janus, who is probably one of the oldest heroes excluding old him um and they are a young hero which doesn't make sense because they're old but you know <clears throat> I, don't know, that's I can't wait rent. to see the the old 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 version of Janice, uh which would be <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, this is in a retirement home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now here's the counterpoint to what you're saying. So, in <clears throat> in uh in this new Arachne solitary confinement, maybe it truly is a young and just kind of a flashback of 
of kind of his origin story, a different version of him, maybe bef- mm. before he even gets to regular young Arachne. Uh, because in Azuri's adult art, we see the depiction of both Riptide and Arachne hunts, Huntsman. So, yes. yes. So clearly that Arachne is still hanging around with Azuri. So maybe Azuri did have something to do with, with the Emperor um, you know, getting assassinated. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it could be, that was my take on it. I see, I see this like younger version of Rachne, uh, kind of before, like maybe was just a, an outsider and just out there doing killing stuff that he should not be killing. And he gets in trouble, gets thrown in solitary confinement. Azuri comes and says, Hey, let's get you out of here. Let's kind of, you know, clean you up, you know, make you a mm. true assassin give you these cool masks and stuff you know and i and go I think you're there. actually right yeah you've i think you've actually changed my mind now looking at it if you look at Uzuri's artwork it does show what we've seen arachne to look like beforehand arachne huntsman in the artwork behind her now putting pieces together that hump that we've always seen on arachne's shoulder mm. must be this growth that we see in solitary confinement so i guess in that sense this version of Arachne, solitary confinement, being a young hero still makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I still think my rant's correct. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But... There, there's, there's, you know, yeah, the, the young versus adult is certainly something that, it, that could be, uh, I think, tweaked a little bit. But, but yeah, I, that, that's just what I, that was my take on it uh, in terms of seeing the new Arachne um, and then still seeing the Arachne that we all know and love in Azuri's uh, artwork. So, uh, mm. Let's get to some listener questions before we uh, uh, say our sure. goodbyes here. Um, first comes from Remy. All, all these listeners' question, listener questions come from the Buds Discord, which anybody can join. It is in the links below. Uh, comes from Remy, who asks, when Necro or Necromancer? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. When I find out, I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> um, I, they're going to do it at this point. There's... Mm-hmm. It's listed in the law book, which I know initially they said that that's not a checklist of things to come, but then they've kind of mentioned more recently that it kind of is. They're going to do it at some point. Um, I think they're going to throw it at us out of the blue a little bit, kind of like how they did Assassin, where we're not going to be in the Necromancer's home turf. I think we're going to be elsewhere, and there just happens to be a Necromancer there. Um, You know, I could totally see one in the Savage Lands. A necromancer that kind of raises dead animals. There is like a big tar pit sort of present on the map where the Savage Lands are. And I could totally see like a, a tar pit like necromancer that like raises the bones from the tar pit and, you know, cool stuff like that. So um, I, love I, that. <laughs> I don't think we'll see it soon. I reckon maybe a year and a half from now two years we'll probably see it i mean they've just added assassin and the last time they added like a fully fleshed out class was um viscera was, was, or... was monarch when they did illusionist oh illusionist yes 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 yeah so and the time between monarch and dynasty about a year and a half yeah, yeah. so i could see them introducing a new class in about a year and a half i mean They've they've added things like shapeshifter and bard, but they're not fully fleshed out classes. Mm-hmm. They're just a hero and a card, and that's it. Um, yeah, I'd say in about a year and a half, I reckon. That's my estimate. 
It's a good. Yeah, I I'm very keen to see it too. Yeah, yeah. uh, (laughs) yeah. I think a lot of folks are. Uh, Now, Greg Big Dick Jones asked, "Which hero?" He asks this question every every episode. Which hero are you taking in a fist fight? I am for sure taking Prism and Janus. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. Um. Yeah, I guess to give a bit of explanation. So I, I did look through a bunch of the heroes. Um, I was really just looking at the ones that probably don't have any physical prowess. Because mm-hmm. if we're if we're doing a fist fight, no weapons. Yeah, it's no just weapons. bare knuckle boxing, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and not that I think I'm an amazing fighter or anything, because I'm probably not. But I am a blue belt in Japanese jiu-jitsu. So I feel like I've got some strategy. Um and yeah, I was just having a look through all the heroes. I think Prism's probably just the most frail, just because, I mean, when she was first found by a magister in the library, she was just like this this little kid that appeared out of nowhere, and she seems pretty, like, slender. So I don't think she could probably take too many hits, especially since she hasn't really been on the front lines. She's just been in a library up until now. <laughs> uh, and then Janus, I mean, he's just old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like he could probably take a few punches, but I mean, with all his baggy clothing and everything he's got on him, he'll probably slow him down. You know, I was I was looking at other heroes, but, you know, I was looking at Benji just because he's a child, but he's a ninja, you know, he, he'd be really good. They're, they're pretty good. You know? Yeah, quick um, too. <laughs> pretty quick, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was thinking maybe da- uh, Data Doll, but that's a robot that's made out of metal, and that would hurt. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just looking through the rest, like, maybe Lexi, but she seems kind of, like, fit. Maybe Shiana, because she's more of a diplomat. Uh, that's really it. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd put my bets on probably Prism and then maybe Jenna second. Well, as long as your punches are six power or more, Prism should be <laughs> Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, this is the question that we alluded to earlier. Uh, this is from Salty Sea Cat, who asks, La Apocalypta, since they are found all around Wraith, do you think their mission is to wake all the Aesirs? Also, could Arachne have, could Arachne have been a paid by them to kill the Emperor? So, this question... I'd never thought of the fact that La Apocalypta was in, was as important as I think they are now. Um, and I didn't consider the fact that there might be people purposely trying to wake up the Aesirs. Because we do know that the Disciples of Pain, which is Chain's group, is specifically trying to stop that. And they're shown as the bad guys, and they're trying to stop the Aesirs. So mm. it's like... Are the Aesir's good? Are they bad? We've kind of seen that they're a little bit manipulative with the Emperor, um, sort of directly communing with the Aesir of Fire. Um, And then that Aesir being particularly upset once the Emperor is killed. Uh, There's actually like this roar that happens when Dromai enters the the chambers of the Emperor and finds him dead. There's like a, almost like a dragon roar. So... It, it definitely seems possible that this cult, which does sort of have or is attributed to a lot of the bad things that happen in Wraith, could be trying to wake the Aesirs because they are some sort of apocalyptic force that will... I feel like if anyone's trying to cause this much havoc on Wraith, they're trying to wipe the slate clean. I don't think they're doing it just because, haha, 
we're evil, we want everyone to die. Because that doesn't make for good storytelling if someone's evil just being for the sake of evil. Mm -hmm. They would probably see it as just, like a just cause to wipe clean Wraith back to how it used to be before humans arrived to the continent, before, you know, the ancients disappeared and humans sort of took over. So, <clears throat> yeah, I definitely think that could be one of their MOs is to, is to wake all the Aesir's. Could Arachne have been paid by them to kill the Emperor? Definitely possible if the first half of this is likely. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think maybe necessarily Arachne was contacted. Maybe Usuri was contacted, seeing as they're kind of the one that seems to be in control of Arachne and Riptide. Or maybe they just contacted the spider specifically. Who knows? There's a lot of things that we could throw out and make guesses on, but um, I definitely think it is likely that they have a hand in the killing of the Emperor. We do know from the story of when Dromai sort of goes to find the Emperor dead, that it flashes back to her reading through notes that she had from the spy master Zathari, um, who was kind of like a uh, one of the Drakai um, that was sort of, at the time, sort of manipulating uh, Dromai. Uh, and the notes that he had does talk about, and I'll, I'll bring it up here so I don't get it wrong, because I did specifically find it. <clears throat> so one of the things that she finds was, The scheming Izu and loyal Ashoni, two great Drakai houses locked in a deadly game of power and usurpation. The Alshoni defending stability and dynasty against dangerous Izu aspirations. A trail of missives exchanged through the pits. Prices paid in coin and blood. That implies that some of the Drakai have been in contact with people from the pits. And who do you go to in the pits that wants that if you want stuff done, specifically killing of people for usurpation? The spider. So, you know, it all sort of ties in together. So I, I definitely think everything in that question is very likely. I I can't confirm whether or not that would be true, yeah. but I, I'd obviously, you know, place my bets on it. So it's, good question. Very good question. Yeah, it's an interesting theory too, you know. Something something with the name Apocalyptus needs to kind of come into place somehow. So we'll see how it does. Yeah. Uh this is a question from Sigma. I'm gonna uh read it. I, well, oh, so he wants to know kind of where we think the mechanologist as a class is going to be when we actually reach metrics. Because we don't see a lot of mech stuff outside of uh, Arcane Rising and, and uh, just supplemental sets. Mm. Is it going to be, you know, a talent? You know, I know sometimes there, there are people who are talking about talents. Um what is the mechanologist? What's the state of mechanologist when we reach metrics? Yeah, so it, it's been kind of, I think, confirmed, but also at the same time, James White has kind of dodged the question a little bit. So it hasn't been like 100% set in stone. I am pretty certain mechanologist is a talent. And I think metrics specifically is special as a region because so far, I mean, the pits is kind of a, a side thing to this, an exception. Each region has gotten its own talent. I think Metrics has three talents. And I think Mechanologist is one. So I don't think they're... Because each region as well kind of not only has a talent that is specifically unique to them, 
But each region also kind of has a class that, whilst not unique to them, is kind of its signature thing. So, for example, the first heroes that we saw from each of the regions is kind of that region's, like, signature mm -hmm. um, class. So, Warrior for Solana, uh, Runeblade for Demonastery. Um, I think Metrics specifically lacks that and makes up for it by having two other talents along with Mechanologists. So the other talents would be um, Biomancy and Alchemy. Interesting. So on the Metrics page on the website, it does mention the three different sciences of Metrics. And I, I really think that is not a coincidence that it's laid out in that way because Mechanology is one of them. So, and <clears throat> if we look at the way that the card frames on cards is done, heroes have the card frame on them that is specific to the region and also talent. So, for example, even though Dorinthia is not a light hero, she has the light border because she is from Solana. Mm -hmm. But the class of warrior does not have the light border on it. However, with Mechanologist, all the class cards have the same border as the hero card, which would imply that is, is a talent, because all the talent cards have the same border as the region border, etc., etc. So it, it just seems too good to not be true that yeah. Mechanologist is not a talent. So um, I think once we do go to Metrics, which I think will probably be in the next standalone set, I think we're going to get some very unique heroes and just decks that we can build because we will have essentially what we feel like is a full class because it can run on its own, Mechanologist. Mm -hmm. Mixing in with things like Warrior. So you could get a Mech Warrior, like what a lot of people have speculated is depicted on the card Blade Runner. Or, you know, you might be able to get like a, a Biomancer Guardian or... Some crazy things like that. I, I don't know. I think Metrics is a very special case, and mm -hmm. uh, it'll be very interesting to see what they do with it. But yeah, I think it's definitely not going to be the bog standard stuff that we've seen so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, <clears throat> this question's from Armor, who asks, which hero would you least want to see from the pits in a dark alley? <laughs> Arachne, for sure. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, everyone from the pits that we've seen... Um, so, I mean, all the heroes that we've got is Azalea, Riptide, Arachne, Usuri, and, um, what's the merchant? Um, uh, Cavdine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all of them look pretty hard and, like, <laughs> pretty tough, but just Arachne, which is, like, these piercing eyes and the fact that they're, f one of the biggest things that makes people look scary is when you can't recognize their silhouette. So, <clears throat> for example, like, this is kind of a real-world example, if, if you want to disguise yourself in the military, if you're a sniper, you'll wear a ghillie suit. And one of the main things of a ghillie suit is it actually sort of rounds off the top of your body, so it makes it less obvious that there's a head on top of a torso. And that can also be quite scary, because then when you look at something, you don't perceive it to be human, which is something that, you know, we're used to seeing. <laughs> So you're seeing this weird shape of a being with this demon mask, this oh. Oni mask, um, and the fact that they're also probably going to be walking around with 
very sharp daggers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely don't want to run into them in the dark because by the time I see them, it will probably be too late and they will be at my throat with a knife. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Arachne is definitely that. I guess second place would be Cavdane just because he's creepy mofo. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. I mean, Riptide would be, like, scary, but, like, for whatever reason, like, I'm holding out hope for Riptide and I feel like I could reason with them. You know? Yeah, yeah, he's kind of still a person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although gross, but like I was like, oh, let's get sushi. You know, you just caught these fish, whatever. You know, something like that. But the last question <laughs> <laughs> comes from Capolo, friend of the show, guest of the show previously. Do you think that Wraith is the only place where flesh and blood happens? Will we explore outside of the world of Wraith in the future? <clears throat> and are there any areas in Wraith that are not displayed on the Wraith map? Yeah, so I've had this thought in my head for a long time now. This is a very good question. I've I've wanted to try and ask James White in a way. I don't know if he's ever answered it. But there has to be something outside of Wraith that we have not seen because the only mention of anything outside of Wraith is the fact that long ago humans came from afar and settled on Wraith, which implies that Wraith is not necessarily the world just a continent and i mean the map of wraith as well is cut off on the left hand side there's like if they wanted it to just be a, a one continent they would have just shown us one continent but they've i feel like they've done that maybe not necessarily that they know what they're going to put there but just leaves them enough room that they can expand in the future to be like hey this is this extra area that you know has been hidden away for for many millennia um yeah, in terms of places that aren't actually on the map of Wraith, I guess the only one that we know of that's in the lore is Eorathiel, which is alternate dimension. But that's kind of an alternate dimension. It's not really within the world per se, but it kind of is. So you can't really put that on the map because at least from what we know of it, it's kind of like a like a layer. Like, you know, it's just an alternate dimension that, that sort of resides over the top of the normal world of Wraith. Similar to the Upside Down in Stranger Things or the Shadowfell in D&D, where it's, it's kind of like a distorted reflection mm -hmm. of, of the normal world. So, yeah, I, I really hope that in the future we, we get to see something outside of Wraith. But I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't do that, just because it seems like a lot of the events for the story seem to be so world-defining, like the War of the Monarchs and the invasion of the Old One. It seems like if there is somewhere else outside of Wraith, surely it has to have also been affected by these world-altering events, but, you know, we've received no word of it, so we, we really don't know, but, you know, all we can do is speculate, but I really hope we get extra places, because, I mean, there is a lot that you can dive into with eight regions and then some, but, you know, down the line, maybe like five, ten years from now, is there going to be anything left that they could really explore that they haven't already? I mean, I'm sure they could, but, you know, I think a lot of us would be itching for a taste of something new. Yeah, and I agree. My my thoughts on it, or I look at it, I'm sure that whatever whatever <laughs> amount of time, whether it's like five years or ten years, I think they, if, if I was LSS, I would look at, Wraith as all right this is going to be one overarching story that we're going to explore over a set amount of years five ten whatever and then 
when we when we ha- we have to come to a conclusion. A story has to end, right? At some point, and well, we can't just stop playing making the game when the story ends. We have to start a new story. You know, I it, it's probably too simple and too literal, but you know, maybe we explore that next region, and that the first set is welcome to whatever you know yeah. <laughs> and then you start a whole new story i think that would be an interesting way to approach it you know and you could still have familiar faces kind of visit from from old regions or, or just kind of focus on the new ones so yeah it'd be interesting i think eventually they're going to have to uh leave Wraith, mm. right it's just like you said there's only so much you can do um you know in one region so we'll we'll see mm. we'll see um yeah Sure. I mean, the word wraith itself is actually an anagram for Earth, yeah. which kind of implies that wraith itself is all of the world. But, you know, it just seems like they have to kind of go somewhere. What would be really cool and out there would be if they went to the moon. <laughs> and that probably sounds really wild. But in fantasy settings, you know, things like Final Fantasy, people have gone to the moon. It's kind of like an extra area dimension. You know, I don't know. Yeah. That's probably way out there, but I don't know. I, I was, as you soon know. as you said it was an anagram for Earth, I started thinking about uh, what are they going to call, like, uh, I was thinking of something, some anagram for uh, without Mars or something like that. SRAM. <laughs> SRAM, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. RAMS. Welcome to RAMS. <laughs> Welcome to RAMS. Oh, man. But hey, Kale, this was uh, a blast, as it is. It always is when you come on. Uh, this is a, a great time. Always love your insights into the world of lore, and I know the listeners enjoy it as well. Um, if you could please uh, plug anything you'd like to plug, and thank you. Yeah, uh, as per usual, if you don't know already by now, uh, what are you doing? But <laughs> uh, YouTube, Twitter, um, Dead Summer Art. Um, you have a Discord channel for Eternal Oracles, which is like a lore Discord. Uh, it's been sort of quiet lately, and I'd like to get it pumping again. Um, so by all means, jump in there. Need some new people. Have some discussions about lore, whatever you want. Um, yeah, that's that's sort of all my plugs. I expect a bunch of videos coming in the near future. Um, it'll take a while to sort of make this stockpile of videos, but I'm hoping once I start producing all these videos discussing specifically each of the regions, I can sort of trickle feed them out so every two weeks or so you get a new video uh, and that gives me enough time to work on the others as those ones are being uploaded and scheduled so yeah expect a expect a lot of new things from me this year i'm i'm very more so than ever very determined to like really push myself and and produce more content that's the biggest thing for me is just content i want to do and yeah well, it is all excellent content, and I, I definitely encourage anybody out there to check it out. If you haven't already, I hope most of you have. Uh, now, you can continue to find me on Twitter at FreshBudsPod. Subscribe to the YouTube, trying to get those sub numbers up. Give the old like and comment. All that stuff is very much appreciated. Check out the Buds Discord, which anyone is uh, free to join. It is in the uh, the show notes here um and patreon check out the patreon and i always like talking a little bit about food at the end of every episode kale what is some food you want to talk about what, what's something you've been enjoying <laughs> lately uh, um well with with my current sort of uh, temporary job which is just pushing i guess you americans would call them shopping carts i just push them in and out of the local shopping center there is a bakery that is right next to the entrance 
So every time I push a row of trolleys in, I just get a whiff of like fresh baked goods and like desserts and pies and oh, it's fantastic. So um, yeah, I I really like. I'm I'm a big sweet tooth person. Okay. So every time I'm walking past, I just see like a jam donut or like a an apple pie or like a Danish or something, and I'm just like, oh, that's good. I don't know. If, I don't know. Are you much of a sweet person? To be honest, I'm not, but donuts are one of the things that I really like. Like, I'll, I'm like, oh, I see a donut or smell a donut. I'm like, I need one of these. Maybe I should have been a cop or something like that. Oh, no, that's probably, <laughs> that's that's reductive. I'm sorry. Um, uh, but, we, yeah. you know, we live near a Amish market. Uh, they come out to Jersey like like once a week and open this market and they have the most insane like donuts I've ever seen in my life. And they're so good. So I'm, I'm with you with, with a nice big good there. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm very picky when it comes to donuts. I find a lot of the time, if you just get like a regular donut with like cinnamon sugar on it, it can oftentimes be a bit too dry and it like absorbs all the moisture in your mouth. And then you're like choking on a donut. And whatnot. <laughs> so I, I always need them to be like nice, moist, light and fluffy where possible, not too dense, chuck some icing on it, some sprinkles or fill it up with some jam and you're good to go. Yeah. Oh, sounds good. Yeah. Well, I mean, luckily it's morning for me, so maybe I'll go get a donut after this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone have a great week. And, you know, when you're li depending on when you're listening to this, we might already know what Riptide does because I believe the artist is going to be at the Calling Auckland. So Ooh. that's very exciting. So yeah, yeah. everyone, please have a great week. <laughs>